Hello, and welcome to the Soul Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Doyle, and I'm so glad you're here. Today is a special day. We have a guest on the podcast. This is my dear friend, Katie. Katie lives in North Carolina. She is a coach. She is a therapist. She's a dog mom, most recently a chicken mom, which I'm so excited about. And she's just a multifaceted human being on all levels. And she's an expert in so many areas. And I'm excited to talk with you today, Katie, about all of that. So Katie, why don't you introduce yourself to the Soul Bloom Podcast? Uh, hi, um, my name's Katie. I am a therapist by trade and a coach by trade. Um, and I'm actually looking and working towards building to a group coaching program, but right now I do a lot of coaching around human design and embodiment. I'm a therapist licensed in North Carolina, so I see clients here mostly around anxiety and people pleasing. Um, and a lot of clients, like, with mother-daughter things. That's been a really interesting new thing that's been coming up. So. Wow. So, <laughs> you know, when you're really too close, that happens. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, I love this so much. I love the fact that you're a somatic girly. And Katie and I had bonded over this. So Katie and I met in a group program with our coach, Bree. We were in a bunch of group programs. We happened to sign up for a mastermind at the same time. And as we kept popping up on the same video, like the same calls with her, like in different programs, we're like, wait a second, like, are you in this mastermind too? Like, and we started to talk and then we really bonded a lot over human design because yes. it was a language that we both could speak and because I didn't speak somatics, spoiler alert. <laughs> And yes, exactly. So, you know, human design brought us together. And I know that we both had experience in different areas of human design. Like I've taken human design trainings as a line one profile, my conscious profile. I dove deep down the rabbit hole of human design when I found out about it, learned so much. But then I was kind of like, okay, like whatever. And Katie took a different route. So tell me about your experience with human design and let's share your human design type. Yeah. Yeah. So you are you're a one three splenic projector and i am a three five pure manifesting generator aka i'm a sacral authority um and so yeah i really dove in but then i also dove into like one-on-one coaching um around human design and it really helped me to like some of it was my own research that I was doing, but a lot of it was experimentation. Um, and a lot of what I like to bring to human design is that ex- that experiment piece. And now like people are like, it takes seven years and you also have to sleep. They, they, there's like this thing about how you have to sleep by yourself for, for that time. Um, and there's like some programs that are really dogmatic in that they're like, you can't join them or like work in their deconditioning process unless you've like been sleeping alone for like a year. Um, wow. and yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and, uh, that was like really not my foray. Um, I worked with my human design coach, um, Donna and, um, she, we did a lot of focusing on like what is shadow, which really pulled into like my own therapeutic, like knowledge and, and training, um, and worked to like, how do I regulate myself? Because if it's just like our past fear that's coming up, that's stored in the body that we're responding to versus our actual authority, like we're not actually living in line with our design. Like we're just responding to our past trauma, which is all like 
that fear piece in the mind or in the spleen. Um, and so for me, what I spent a lot of the last year doing was deconditioning my solar plexus area, which is all about how do I, where am I not being fully honest? I also have what's like the gate 59, which it's like shadow is dishonesty and, Mm -hmm. um, the like city or like the really self version of that is transparency and like transparency in all things and really I started to confront like where am I actually hiding and a lot of it was it's hiding to manipulate like but to like not trigger people um Mm -hmm. in a home with like a dad that was really loud lots of yelling um like I really pushed on some pieces and actually looking at our human design together I can see some of why, um, which is a whole rabbit hole if you want to get into. But um, yeah, I, I, and so like I started to learn like, okay, I can't, I can't say the truth. I need to like avoid this confrontation um, in order to not trigger people. Yeah, that was your learn, your learned response for survival in that time. And that was a protective mechanism that served you really well for as long as it needed to. A hundred percent. And so really coming to like accept and see that. And like, for me, I feel like human design is such a tool of like radical self-acceptance and like, oh yeah, like I get to be this person. It's okay. Like I'm a three line. I jump from thing to thing to thing. Like I'm a manifesting generator. So I'm not supposed to be doing I'm, I'm supposed to, like, I think a lot of times you can get this rep of a quitter and that comes along with a three line too, but it's really just like, you're experimenting with what you like. And I experimented with a lot of ideas about like how I wanted to coach, like yeah, really like this is where like I've nested into and I expect it will change in the future, but really wanting to help people embody their design because to me, somatics and human design are all the same. Totally. Oh my gosh. I'm so with you on that. And I even took some notes so we can come back to these points because you made so many good points. But I want to actually rewind a bit just for the listeners who are listening who are not familiar with human design. So human design is a channeled system. It combines things like the I Ching, astrology, and the um, like the chakra systems kind of. And it, and it really expands the chakra system that we're nine centered beings. And it's relatively new in terms of like ancient systems. It's from, I think like the eight, it was channeled in the eighties, but um, realistically it's meant to give you a way to live optimally along with your design so that you can live optimally and all this. But what happens with everyone from the second we were born, we are subject or even before we're born, if we want to get, you know, yeah, real, we are real technical. Yeah. We're subject to this thing called conditioning where it's stuff that turns you, you know, it like makes you turn away from your natural self. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And what I love about human design is it gave me a ton of permission to really emphasize on my strengths and things that I'm really good at. What I don't always love about human design, I'll just be honest, is that people make it so narrowing. I'm a this, so I can't be that. Or I'm a that, I can't do this. And that's not true. Um, some of the things that I found most limiting of human design is that like, oh, okay, so I'm I'm a splenic type, as Katie said. And that means that my authority like to make decisions comes from 
this splenic intuitive hit, which I can totally relate to. However, I'm not an emotional being. And when I first heard that, just on its surface, like, what am I, cold-hearted? What am I, terrible? And like, you know, it just felt weird. Like, and then as I learned more about it, I understood it a lot more that my decisions aren't made based on emotional waves where a lot of people are. Or as a projector type, I'm here to guide and not do a lot. Doesn't mean we don't work. It just means we work in a different way. So you can see if you allow human design to be limiting, it can really cut you off from access to like this beautiful gold within. But like the way Katie does it is different. She explores shadows. She explores the deeper things. She connects it to how we feel safe in our body, understanding resistance and things that come up and allow us to find new ways to explore that within ourselves without it being limiting. And that's why Katie's approach and everything that she's taken is different than the training that's more classical that I've taken. And the classical training was amazing. It was just more like traditional schooling versus Katie. Like when I talked to her, she's pulling things out. She goes, oh, well, that's the shadow of this. And like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I just love the language that you speak when it comes to human design. So totally. It's, yeah, like I said, radical permissioning and acceptance, like, all of this, like all of the stuff that we build and I mean, even the like, don't do this, like it's just another way to like keep putting us in a box. And like, yes, in theory, like your design is boxy, but like, like, so I'm like, you're, you're a splenic projector and I'm a manifesting generator. So I have a defined sacral, which means I'm supposed to like work a lot. But, like, that also doesn't mean I'm supposed to hustle. Mm -hmm. Like, really being able to differentiate that out. Like, I rest a lot, especially with, like, my, um, with my undefined root. It's really helpful for me to just, like, take five minutes. Like, sometimes when I'm done with my day of sessions, I, like, lay on the floor, put my my feet up on this bed, and I'm just, like, and I just, like, focus on my breath and focus on my body because, like, it, it, there's, we can take it to this, like, well, now I'm supposed to work. Now I'm supposed to work all the time, all the time. And, mm-hmm. and that's not it either. There's, there's this happy medium. And like, I see human design as a way to set you free versus like putting you in another box. Absolutely. Yeah. And because of the understanding around shadows and like, oh, okay. Like shadow's going to be there no mm-hmm. matter what. And, and that's okay. I've heard someone say before, like, without light, or, like, there is no shadow without light. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a really interesting way to put it, but, like, it's not all dark and dangerous and mysterious, right? Like, a shadow, and I think that a lot of people spend, like, a lot of time stuck in shadow work and feel like they need to get through all these shadows before they can, quote-unquote, heal or move on or whatever. And, you know, right before we started the recording, we were kind of talking about how the most healing, the most learning, all of these things happen in everyday life situations that you don't necessarily need to be like, oh, I'm in my healing era. You, we're always in our healing era, if, if we're being honest. So tell me more about that when it relates to shadow, you know, like understanding shadows within human design. How does that work? Mm-hmm. So, like, I want to talk about shadow in general, which is effectively shadow is the parts of ourselves we're told mm. are bad or wrong. And then we like kind of like push them aside as bad and wrong. Um, so like sometimes that can be like, oh, you're being so dramatic. Like, so you learn to like, 
um, squelch down those feelings. Or like we learn that if you're not working all the time, you're lazy. Like mm-hmm. and so those parts of you that want to rest, that want to like experience like emotion that is supernatural to who we are gets like kind of pushed to the side and and othered and so a lot of shadow work is like bringing that back in so like I talked about with this dishonesty piece like for like my first feeling was like oh my god I really am being dishonest because like Mm -hmm. I pride myself on being a pretty upfront and transparent person but I started to and this is what like you're getting to is when we really boil it down, even if we're in like coaching sessions, like one to one and a half hours a week, or we're in this healing era, that's like one year of our life or two years of our life. Like that is such a small portion of our existence. Mm -hmm. And so in order for us to actually bring, like bring about change, the more awareness and the more we're thinking about it and bringing it into everyday moments, the more we're going to see change happen quicker. Um, because I think our shadow is there all the time. It's like part of that unconscious piece that we've like, we're kind of like, we know is there, but we like, um, I've heard this called kind of like a Jane Eyre kind of thing. You have the like crazy woman in the attic, um, Mm -hmm. like where all the things that we're like pushing up or pushing away and like really starting to, confront those things and the more like starting small starting small like I wouldn't recommend being like all right here are all the things because it does take a moment because we push these things away so they don't feel like us and so when we reconcile that they actually are a part of us that is like an ego death we're like oh fuck I'm not actually who I thought I was and in this place like if you a lot of people can crumble like it can feel like this really stuck thing. And that's why I believe in bringing a lot of love to this. This, of course, like, of course you did that. And I think you did a really good job of like saying that when I was talking about this protective piece, you were like, yeah, of course you did that to survive. Mm-hmm. And so when we start to bring that, of course, it makes so much sense. We start to soften towards that shadow. Yeah and be able to like bring that in. Um, and I mean, there's still days where I'm like, Ooh, I could be really like, like, how do I want to send this email? Like, how can I be most transparent and like true here? And it really just feels like a huge weight is lifted, especially in that realm. I don't know if I totally answered your question. Yeah. It's like, it's huge permission to really explore who you are. But I think something you said is really critical here is that like, when we dive in too fast to mm-hmm. like the bottom of the pool, it's almost like diving into the bottom of the pool when yes. your ears haven't acclimated or going scuba diving that you're going to start to feel uncomfortable. And there's a certain level of discomfort, I think, that is, is fine in this work because you're meeting edges, you're seeing parts of you you haven't seen. But when we go too fast, then it ends up kind of being bad. Like you kind of like create a situation that you didn't have to create when you could really experience this in a way that allows things to unfold kind of like a beautiful flower blooming like if you have a bud on a flower and you like pull it open that flower is not going to look the same as it would had you let it naturally unfold its petals and it's the same way with healing and shadow work is that if you rush that process or you 
make it happen too fast, it's not going to be the same. And you're kind of robbing yourself of your own learning experience. And I always say complex change takes time. We're in an age of like immediate gratification. And I think along the way we can experience quick wins. And that's what I think learning each of your shadows, having experimentation. I love that you talk about experiments because that's like the basis of my work. It's like, let's just experiment on this little piece and see how it feels, see what happens. And we share that line three, except yours is conscious, mine is unconscious. And it's it's a doozy of a line, you know, I love it. I think it's one of the coolest ones because it's like right there in the middle and it like, you know, a, for anyone who's listening who's not familiar, human design has profiles and it's taken from your conscious design, your unconscious design, your um, sun each day, the there's gates. And the sun moves through each gate one day at a time. And there's six lines total. And um, there's pairings of these. So that's where that's where that comes through. And you can I'll put a link in the show notes of how you can look up your own human design. And um, but yeah, profile is a really exciting thing of it, you know, thing of human design that I, I have found really relatable right away without having to understand the whole body graph and all of those things. But Katie, I'm curious for you. So you mentioned a shadow of yours that you you know, feel comfortable sharing. So thank you for sharing that. And I think as I've known you over time, like you are a very transparent person. And so I know that like that was some deeper work that you've done overall, but I love your transparency. So I just want to acknowledge that. But <laughs> Thank you. I'm curious for you. Look, you know my chart pretty well. Mm-hmm. What would you say is one of my shadows? <laughs> so like every chart is different. And I think like, you know, we're so like, we have that psychological thing of thinking like every chart looks like ours, but like, I think you can look at my chart and you can look at Nicole's chart and you can be like, Oh, these are actually really, really different. Um, and so like one of the big things that I see coming up for you, we kind of talked about this a little bit before, um, is this like, I'm trying to decide if I want to get into definitions or not. That's what my is. I asked you because I love the way that Katie defines (laughs) these shadows in a way. Because, like, I'll just be talking to her on the phone and she just, like, talks about it like, like, oh, it's sunny and 85 outside. Like, she knows it so well that it's, like, it's beautiful to hear. And so I'm curious. That's why I wanted to hear, like, your take. Yeah, totally. And, And I do, for the most part, like, have a lot of it down. But, like, I also, like, there's a chance. Basically, where I am wondering about Nicole's conditioning is around um the channel 1648 um and I don't have that channel so I don't know the exact like name of it but the reason why I'm wondering this is because Nicole has a split definition here's here's Nicole's chart and um basically like you know how she has these two things these are called centers but they're colored in and then she has two other centers down here and they're not connected. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But in general, our energy wants to like flow together. Think of like um, any type of electricity or like grounding system. Like you want like a full circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nicole's are like two separate things. So Nicole really is looking for somebody who's going to bridge these, like the 1648 channel or the 2057, um, because that is what will 
kind of like bridge that gap and make it so that all of her energy is flowing together. And a lot of times people with split definitions like this, that's where they're, um, what you can see, like over here, it says split large. It's a large split because it requires a whole channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so effectively, like you're look, you might be looking or like a lot of people hold conditioning around those channels. So like, the 1648 is all about like skills and mastery. Um, like that's a, that like, so Nicole, like how this may look and you can tell me how this feels for you is like a real like need to like, okay, I need to get more certification. I need to like become a master, like before I can actually, um, before I can actually do a thing or before like I can actually talk about a thing. Does that feel like it resonates to you at all? Oh, absolutely. I think, and and with my conscious line, personality line one of needing to have a lot of information and loving to study and do all this stuff, I feel like that is so relevant. And it's such a, it feels, it feels really potent because as a coach, as a strategist, like, I sometimes wonder, like, am I enough? Am I giving enough of this information? Do I have enough knowledge to actually make a difference for someone? And so mm-hmm. it it feels very deep. And I have to realize, like, I've heard people say, like, oh, you only need to know 10% more than the average person to teach. And I'm like, oh, like, that scares me. I'm like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> You're like, that's it. And like, what we also hear coming into this is the other places that we can hold a lot of conditioning mm-hmm. is in these undefined centers. And so like, yeah. why know when enough am I enough um can be a shadow actually of the defined Ajna but also of this ego here of like Mm -hmm. the undefined ego can really be about like am I worthy can I do it like so a lot of these things you can see they kind of like add together yeah um, and 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 work together and so like yeah that line 1648 um yeah it's called I'm looking it up. Like, I think it's like the gate, the channel of like mastery, isn't it? I think it is the channel of mastery. Good job, me. Um, and it basically, yeah, it's pretty much what I said. 48 is about depth. 16 is about skills. So skills and like having a depth of skills, AKA mastery. So yeah, human design does a, an interesting job with like the eaching of assigning like specific words um, mm-hmm. to each gate, which is the individual number. And then, when you connect them, they create a separate channel. They create a channel together where they now take on a new kind of combination of those two things. And another thing that like Katie and I have dabbled in is the gene keys. And I like the gene keys because I think they're so poetic and they're so beautiful. And like reading about yourself in that way Mm -hmm. just really fills my heart with joy. I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. And Katie's special, her chart, she has one that like in the book is like 15 pages long because it's a very important channel or gate. Is it a gate or a channel? It's a gate. Mm -hmm. It's a gate. 55? I have gate 55 down here. So when Nicole and I are together, we have this full channel. And it signs both of our like emotional centers. So like there's a lot more access to like our own individual emotions. And I think this brings up, like, a piece around, like, trauma and conditioning, which is, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of times when we have... So, as both of us not having a defined solar plexus, we pull in and are really aware of a lot around us. And so the way I figured this out, and you can... You maybe had a similar thing, was, like, 
I would feel these like big feelings, but not know like kind of where they came from. Um, and what I started to realize and, and, and as I started to ask myself, like, is, is this me? Like, is this mm-hmm. actually my emotion? And a lot of the times I was picking up kind of like, like stat, like think of static electricity or like, um, like something magnetizing to you. Like I was picking up other people's emotions and then walking around with them. Mm. And I felt like I was super emotional. My parents told me I was emotional and dramatic at certain times. And what it was, was I was mirroring a lot of their own emotions. Um, because my, my mom has a defined solar plexus and my dad doesn't, but like, we're all together all the time. So the people you cohabitate with can, can change things for you. Um, and so I was picking up a lot of their emotions and really feeling a little out of control. But anyways, the third nine, the 55 is like a big one. It's what's coming in like 2027, um, which is like a big shift in, in human design world. But. Yeah, it's a big, I think we're already feeling a huge shift in, in human consciousness right now. And I think that it leads up to 2027, it leads up to whatever time, right? But I think that so many people are leaning into understanding themselves on a deeper level because they realize like it is time to understand the conditioning. Like imagine, just imagine the conditions, the world that like your grandparents or your great grandparents were living in just a few, you know, a few times removed. And then now to now, like I think of all of the work that I do on myself to be liberating and healing so many generations before me, but you know, they want us to improve. They want us to change. And I think like, you know, having an undefined emotional center, I didn't understand how I was easily able to like pick up on other people's emotions and then try to fix them. And one of my greatest things, missions in this lifetime, I think is to guide, not fix. And I've been learning that the hard way for like the first 33 years of my life, because I was like, why is this, why am I not doing this right? And like how, like with Mark, my husband, he has a defined solar plexus. And so I can understand that he's upset just from how I feel before he even knows. And then I would try to like squeeze it out of him. I'm like, I know you're upset about something. No. Mm -hmm. He's like, and then he'll just pick something to be upset about just to get me to go away. Now we've really healed that because I was always trying to like, what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. And that's just like Mm -hmm. the depth that you can understand with these things. I'd also like, I, um, I love astrology and I've studied like my progressed moon in astrology. So for people who don't know, it's a very detailed piece of astrology, but your moon actually changes signs like every 18 months or so as you go through your life. And so you always have your home moon and that's like your inner world, your inner, you know, comfort zone. However, right now my, um, progressed moon is in cancer and cancer is very emotional, very deep, very watery. And beautiful. My progressed moon is in cancer. So I'm like, is this deconditioning or is it my progressed moon in cancer that has me crying over the summer? I turned pretty, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the, the TV show, <laughs> it was a very moving show, I will say, but you know, there are things that have made me like connect more with my emotions. And I actually want to look back the last time my progressed moon was in cancer and see that because as that open emotional, you know, center solar plexus, I feel like, that those, these are my emotions that I'm easier. Like I I can tell what is mine versus someone else's now that I'm aware of this conditioning that can take place. Totally. And I mean, another thing I want to lift up is like, so the two ways that you could bridge that split, going back to the split definition is with the 2057 and the 2057 clues into me a lot of like what, 
what you've said to me sometimes of like, but, but is that my voice? Like, is that really my voice? Is it clear enough? And because the 20 is all about the now and the 57 is all about knowing. And so the theme here is like, like, intuitive awareness that has a distinct voice, um, bringing like a sharpness to your intuition, um, and strengthening kind of like your own and others discernment. And, and the thing is, is like, you already have that in the spleen, but we can totally question that a lot, um, based on like your defined Ajna, but also like, it could be some shadow in here of like, am yeah. I being intuitive? Am I being clear enough here? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about, everyone. Katie really understands this deeply. And, you know, the more you get to working with Katie and understand how she does this, like, it's this magic gift that I've tried to reflect to you so many times of, like, not even knowing what's going on, but being able to pick up on the subtleties, even without human design. Like, Katie has this gift of picking up on the subtleties and understanding where it could be connected and, like, creating almost, like, you know, those, like, um, those models of, like, hydrogen or, like, whatever, like, it's, it's, you're easily able to, like, take this, like, hexagon and unfold it, like, seven times and be like, this is the picture, and then, like, relay that back to me in such a loving, soothing, grounding way that even when I'm in, like, a moment of, like, what the heck is going on, you're like, well, that makes perfect sense, and I like to think we can both do that, and we do that in different ways, but the way you do it is just so, like, a big hug, like, with a big blanket, you know, it's really nice. (laughs) really sweet that's so sweet um I'm just like taking that in and I I appreciate that like and that's really what I want human design to feel warm and not like this cold shadowy like it makes me think a lot of like Gollum or like those ring wraiths if you're like a Lord of the Rings fan I like a lot of fantasy television and and so really where I get out with my clients is a lot of because I want to I want to give you some like thought to like think about because a lot of times like you said human design can be super in your head and it can be super activating of the mind and the not self and so like what I would say to you if you're my client asking me about these shadows is starting to ask yourself where am I trying to like prove mastery or like be a master when I already have that knowledge or where am I like questioning my intuition because it doesn't feel strong enough Um, Mm. as a way not necessarily to doubt your own reality but just to ask yourself and and take a moment to reflect because we're moving so quickly that sometimes we don't but I just wanted to give you with a a little nugget to think on because that's how human design stops being practical is we don't ground it into how can I work with this Yeah. And I love that because I think in the gene keys, which is very connected to human design, they often say it's a contemplation. It's a contemplation. And so you bring in the contemplative aspect to human design, but from not about the things that we do have, but the things that we might feel are kind of missing. I mean, you bring in all the aspects, but I particularly love this one. And I love how you said like, you know, in your body and being safe with that, because I think that's a huge part of what you do because Katie and I talked about this plenty of times when we both discovered our our personal like development journeys or you know when we officially began doing them whenever however long ago I was in the mind I had to do this from an intellectual perspective in order to ease into it and I find that a lot of my clients do too they're like I need to figure this out I need to get this done I need to whatever whatever and then things start to unfold and we realize that it's a much bigger picture than just in our mind whereas Katie you kind of started more in the body right like in relation to the body 
And now I feel like, not that we've gone opposite because we both do both, but, you know, I finally opened myself up to somatics isn't scary and it doesn't mean anything weird. Like, it's just getting in touch with the body. And I think that that's been like a beautiful part of your guidance. Our friendship is like realizing that somatics are not scary. So do you want to tell me a little bit about like just yeah. how you connect the body with human design? Well, I was like, should we take down this beautiful chart? And yeah, I go ahead. Oh, you. <laughs> so effectively, when we look at this chart, um, you see these like bars of black and red and these chant like the, some of the parts are, are lit up in black or red and that corresponds to these unfortunately the numbers aren't lit up in black and red which i think would really help this formulation of this chart come together but um everything that's over here in this personality side is like you said conscious and mm -hmm. when we think of conscious like this is the stuff that our mind knows and has consistent access to everything that's over here in red is unconscious and yeah. our unconscious lives in our body. If we think about like, you know, we, we have these beliefs and if it was as simple as just changing the way we think like, okay, I am going to think it's totally okay for me to rest now. If it was just about doing it in the mind, we'd just make that thought change and bada bing, bada boom, we'd call it a day. But our beliefs really live in that unconscious and live in our body. And so in order for us to start to work with changing them, we need to start to work with what is unconscious. So a lot of what I am working with clients on is how do we embody these unconscious pieces? How can we get into the energy of these gates energy? You don't have any unconscious channels, but I do like mm -hmm. my brain thinks I am and I can pull up my I can pull up my chart. Yeah, and as you're pulling that up, if anyone's looking at your own chart, what we're looking at here is the two columns of like numbers and symbols on the right and the left-hand side of that body graph. And the right-hand side, which is black, at least on our charts, is the personality. And the left-hand side is red. That's the design. And the design is what Katie is really referring to as the, the body and what how that conditioning process can look different when we, we work through that. And and what I do with my clients is I actually pull up a chart that shows just the design, just the personality, and then all of it together. This is called your quantum chart that we're mm -hmm. looking for. It has both. Um, and so if we look, my only channels are red, which mm -hmm. means that when we take away, like when we take away my unconscious stuff, like all this red bits, I really look like I have nothing colored in. Um, and so like my conscious mind thinks I am that type. Um, and that is how I operate. And so mm -hmm. if I'm only accessing my mind, which is a lot of what we're taught to do growing up, you know, like think about a decision, analyze it, figure it out. All those are very like mind-based terms. Um, and, and, and we learn that over our lifetime. Um, but really, like, a lot of the gifts in my, in, like, everything is a gift on here in a lot of ways. But, like, I don't even have definition without my unconscious. Mm. So, like, I am a sacral authority. Um, so this bit here, uh, there, it's like um, the rectangle, one up from the bottom, that is called the sacral. And, like, that's where my authority comes from. 
like Nicole's was in the spleen. Mine is supposed to be like a bodily feeling. And because it's connected to my throat, like a bodily feeling and or like a uh-huh or uh-uh because I have throat energy. But all that is unconscious for me. So I had a really hard time starting to embody my authority. I used to think I needed to take a lot of time to make decisions, but the sacral is really all about the now. And so I do better with making decisions when I take a moment and I like touch in with my body. Like before we got on the call, Nicole was like doing some like being with herself with like her heart centered oil. And I was sitting here breathing and like getting in touch with my body because that's where my authority comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I'm not working on being in touch with my body, I lose a lot of that red stuff. Absolutely. It's always there. And I shouldn't say I lose a lot of it. If I'm not connected to my body, I consciously am less aware that I have all of these gifts over here. And there are some goodies. Yeah. Uh, So what I like to work with clients on is how do we embody this unconscious piece and, and really bring that forward. But also how do we recognize what is like a trauma response? Like, um, and I think that a trauma response can feel like a very loaded word. Where am I actually responding to my own fears or to protect myself versus my own human design? And I can't know that unless I'm getting in touch with my body. Mm, Absolutely. And, you know, consequently, too, with being a splenic authority, for me, the spleen is not a loud center. It's not like, hey, girl, make a right. Don't go left. It doesn't like it doesn't scream at me. It's kind of like if I'm not in my body, then my intuition is not really like giving me the signals that it needs. And not to say it's a limited limited access to something like that. But the more I am quiet and in my body or doing the things that really light me up or make me feel really good, whether it's like sitting in the garden or, you know, grounding or maybe like jumping on my trampoline, those things, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Like I can just get in touch with my body and like Katie's methods of like being quiet and like breathing and like connecting and, and listening. Everyone has a different way of doing this, but it's so important to find your way that works for you and to experiment with lots of different ways. Um, I used to think that being somatic meant like doing wild, um, (laughs) wild movements when no one was looking or like, you know, rubbing my heart as I like breathe deeply. And and for me, those things aren't (laughs) resonant and that's okay. And I think that Katie has really given me the permission to say like, you could literally just like sit in silence for a few minutes and breathe or like feel the chair underneath of you and like being in your body and like doing what works for you can be a version of somatics and somatic experiencing. And that's why I love your approach because it's never dogmatic. It's never like you must crawl on the floor like a wild animal. If that's your thing, that's your thing. In order to do gate 16, you have to do X. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's, yeah, and I think that's a really great way to highlight it, because, because like, we are so different, um, and, like, I can give some ideas, and that's why I love talking to people like Nicole or people who are other designs, because, like, I don't know what it feels like to have a splenic, like, a splenic nudge. Like you can see my, my spleen is totally open. Um, so Which like, is another, another thing in itself. <laughs> yeah. It's another thing in itself. And like, but my, my spleen, it means I can have like a lot of stuff about like fears or become like really 
So when I'm in my not self, I become kind of like obsessive about healthy, like being healthy. Um, and so it's been really interesting to learn that and look at certain phases of my life where like I was like, I'm going to be keto or like I'm doing CrossFit. And so it, it it's funny, but like I don't have that lived experience. So when I talk to people about human design and, and who are, who have a different authority or a different type than me, I do a lot of like bringing in what I know from other people, um, who have that to kind of like guide, but also knowing it's going to feel a little different. Like when I heard that I was a sacral authority, I was basically told, and this is where we get into like some of our human design are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, sure. Human design bullshit comes into play of like, you know, you're a sacral being, so you're supposed to feel like a full body yes. And like, I was like, I never feel a full body yes. I mean, like, I can think of like one or two times when I was making big decisions, but like, I don't sit and I'm like, what do I want to watch on Netflix and feel a full body yes when I'm like, yeah, suits. That's what I'm watching right now. Netflix. The advertising worked. Um, and and so really starting to learn that like, oh, because I'm a manifesting generator, yeah, I'm a sacral being, but it's also going to come from my throat because mm. there is that inherent connection there and there's this inherent uh-huh, uh-huh um, to it. Or like people who are of emotional authorities and like based on what gates you have, your emotional wave looks different. So noticing and feeling that wave and also feeling what clarity looks like, like 80% clarity, um, or talking to manifestors about what it's like to like, feel like they're informing. And a lot of times when we dig down, it's like a sensation in the body that it starts with. And then we just start to bring more awareness to that. And then like at the end of the day, any and all change starts with and is propelled by awareness. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's a huge point. Because when people like you said, specifically about like keto and, you know, CrossFit and things like that, like, I, I like to think of this too, with like intuitive eating. It's like, you can't just go from not trusting yourself and not having any awareness of your body to then, oh, I'm going to intuitive eat. And I'm not dissing intuitive eating. But it's kind of like, you can't go from I don't feel a full body yes at all to 80% clarity without some sort of intermediary practice to learn like what does that feel like and I feel like that's the same like building trust building confidence experimenting and it kind of brings us full circle because something you said in the beginning was with a profile line three and being a manifesting generator that you often get dubbed a quitter now my whole life I've been like multi-passionate, multi-interested in a lot of things. And it's like always been like, oh, what's your next thing? Like, you know, when you lose interest in one thing and move on to another. And I never really felt bad about that until I was like kind of observed by other people, like hearing their reaction to that. And, um, you know, I love that you reframed that as like not being a quitter. You're just experimenting with what you like and what you don't like. And I feel like that's this beauty that we're bringing to like people as a whole is like reframing this can this is a perfect example of conditioning you know yeah and And the way I now frame that for myself is like I'll try anything like yeah I'm like bold and courageous enough to like try anything once like emu sure like skydiving sure like I'll try it I may not come back but like 
that that's the kind of energy and and that quitter that failure piece can be a huge shadow of the three um if we really like you said take it on from other people when we're it's called like being in the true self or the not self when we're in our true self like we feel kind of rocking yeah Um, and when we're in that not self a lot of times it's because other things have come into our consciousness or we've taken on other thoughts. And I think you explained that really well. Yeah, absolutely. Your, your true self is going to feel like an expander. It's going to feel like a cheerleader, like you're doing really well. And your not self is going to sound like a hater a little bit. Um, you know, it may be protective and we can work through that, but it's, you know, learning to hear the difference and then, you know, experimenting each way, game changing. Well, Katie, I really appreciate everything that you've shared with us today, all about the shadows of human design, all about the way that you connect the body into this beautiful system and make it really open for people to explore and experiment with and not so dogmatic or scary. But also, like, you don't need to know all this stuff to work with Katie. She knows it so that she can guide you through it. I use archetypes of human design all the time to understand people better, but Katie uses it to walk you through it. And so that's like a main difference in what we both do. And so I just, I love that you're connecting these areas into your coaching with the wisdom of your therapy in the past and bringing all that together. So thank you so much. And thank you for being such a wonderful friend to me for over a year and a half. We met in the interwebs and we're in real life friends now. And before we wrap up, I have a question for you. What is currently making your soul bloom? So, like, actively very much this conversation. Like, I love talking about human design. Um, so, really doing the work that I'm doing with clients is, like, really lighting me up. Um, the thing that I start with is, like, readings. Uh, and then from there, if it feels like a fit, then we move forward into, like, coaching together. Um but really bringing this work, this like somatic human design work together. Like I know a lot of people are kind of doing that, but like really doing that from a place of acceptance. I have my little like yogi tea here, which is like compassion is your strength. I saved this one. Love that. It's like bringing love and the body in, like just feels like a winning combination for me. Um, So that is a big thing. And then the other thing I will honestly say is like, we've gotten really into foraging for like wild fruit. So down here, there's something called the pawpaw, which is native. Yes. Um, And so like last night we went out to like a spot that we usually walk with our dog and we're just like looking on the ground for pawpaws, shaking trees for pawpaws. They're like kind of like this big. They taste a lot like a banana, like a banana mango kind of custardy. Yeah, they're kind of like mango-y shaped, but smaller. Yeah. Yes. Nice. I it's love this foraging. Very fun right now. Oh, awesome. That just makes me so happy. I love when people's soul bloom includes something in nature as well. And I very much enjoyed this conversation. I will include all the ways you can find Katie in the show notes and go ahead and give her a follow on Instagram. I'll link her handle, Katie H Coaches. I'm sure you'll see her on my Instagram and, you know, just think about how you can embody different aspects of your human design, Katie is your person. So thank you so much. And we will talk soon. Thanks, Nicole.